This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. AFC! No fight! AFC! All these teams bite! AFC! Zach Wilson's a fright! Yo! Sterling <laughs> Sterling Holmes and I were just singing good old 80s metal songs, hard rock songs. I couldn't resist an opener that made fun of the rest of the <laughs> AFC. Folks, my name is Matt Connor. I'm here with Sterling Holmes. Sterling's going to high-five that one because if you bring up anything... That allows hair to be teased and sprayed permanently in place. That's going to ring his bell. We're here talking all kinds of Chiefs stuff here on the latest Arrowhead Attic podcast. Look at how much the Chiefs won on a bye week and looking forward to the second half and much more. But uh, first, my friend, my man, Sterling, how are you? I'm really good, man, because we're going to talk about the lack of communication, obviously, as the Bills fired OC Ken Dorsey. You know, uh, it feels like we've been going round and round all offseason talking about who is going to be the team that that takes Kansas City from the top spot down. You know, um, I, I'd probably say there's a whole bunch of way cool juniors, if you will, on this Chiefs defense as they are actually, uh, based based on snap count share, the youngest defense in the NFL, right? Um, you know, Matt, I would love to see your body talk. I don't want to see any slip of the lip. Um, and I don't know how I'm going to sw- uh, swing and love and use a dirty job, but I'm excited because the Chiefs are number one and Rats number one. That's a great start to the show here. Dude, yeah. Everyone out there who's under like, 40 is going what are they talking about man what are they talking about we're talking about rat we're talking about r-a-t-t if you've never heard them you need to i mean wait till we're done but then go and listen uh yeah uh so much going on so much to reflect on you know it was already nice enough to like go into the buy with a big win over the miami dolphins germany got that out of the way now we've had a full week off justin reed is hanging out on the beach travis kelsey's touring the world like uh jules verne style i don't know whatever he's doing um how did you spend the bye week by the way golfing hanging out working um doing some analysis if you will of why the chiefs are number one uh going into that week thinking wow we got a bad week of football no chiefs no eagles no dolphins and i believe it was six games that were decided by a walk-off field goal which is absolutely absurd. Bananas. Um, and again, as you mentioned, everything, and I mean everything, fell the Chiefs' way. 
Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, we don't need to like break it all down. I think people know a lot of the results, but let me ask you this. What is your what was your biggest surprise loss in that bunch that made you go, "Oh my gosh, this is not just a good week for the Chiefs, but like seriously laughably good." Yeah, man, I I probably say Bills losing to Denver, right? And the reason being the Bills have been an interesting conundrum all season long where the bills have actually had some really good underlying offensive numbers, right? They're top three, top five in so many different uh, analytical offensive metrics What the issue comes down to turnovers. They've actually been very successful in the red zone as well, not settling for touchdowns third in that metric. And then, as I mentioned at the start as a joke, but yeah, Ken Dorsey's gone. He was fired. And I'm sitting here going, how is this Ken Dorsey's fault? You look at a top three, top five offense. He's not the dude who puts butter on the ball and hands the ball off. <laughs> Freaking James Cook. He's not the dude that for some reason James Cook drops acid and just decides to try and play quarterback. Like the offense has been fine. It's the turnovers that have not been. Um, it was best case scenario where they fall to five and five and they have maybe the most difficult schedule left in the NFL. I mean, yeah. seriously, go down the Bills' schedule. Schedule. It is absolutely brutal. It's crazy. And, and so I'm sitting here going, that was their easy game. They play the Jets, I get all that stuff, but that was their easy game. That was their, their get-right game, if you will. And their get-right game ended with the OC getting canned. Not <laughs> ideal. I I agree. I agree. I, that, that was a big surprise for me. I, I wrote a... Um, I wrote a story earlier this week during the buy about how I thought the, the I think the Broncos are going to be pesky all season. Mm-hmm. And I know they only won that game because of the number of turnovers. Of course, anyone's going to win if you hand them four turnovers. But And a penalty and a shanked field goal that turned into a 12 minute on the field. By the way, imagine being the 12th guy in the field if the Bills don't make the playoffs. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of those like D Ford offsides kind of things or Lynn Ellett. Well, shouldn't say that. Kicker who's yelling. Don't you dare. I almost did it. I almost said that. Anyway, um, yeah, that you know that was big. I I um I think the Broncos though are just going to be that like pesky team that either loses close or surprises a couple more times. And um, that said, the big surprise for me was the Bengals. I mean, I I just I uh, you know the calf injury to Joe Burrow that set him aside and really kind of derailed the franchise early in the season that gave them some of their losses. They were looking unstoppable after that in the last few weeks. And, you know, look, look, like we can't avoid their history with the Chiefs. You know, they've they've really taken care of the Chiefs a few times um, in the last four meetings. And so, you know, when they were on, I just thought, man, I, I'm not I'm not scared of the Ravens. I'm not. I'm yeah. not scared of, the, you know, they took on the Dolphins already. They took care of that. Jaguars took care of that. I know everyone loves the Texans right now and they're this darling pick, but if we're facing them in the playoffs or, or even like, I'm not no. remotely worried about that. I, mean, I think they're, I think they're a nice franchise going places. And when you get QB, right, you've answered the biggest question. So they're going places and it's hard not to love D'Amico Ryan's too, as a head coach, let's be honest there. But Can I'm, we talk about Texans just very quickly? I I'm happy it. to talk about Texans, but I'll just finish up by saying it was the Bengals that had me the most concerned if I'm going to be concerned about a team, which honestly we really shouldn't be concerned about any teams. Um, and so seeing them lose, I just thought, oh my gosh, the quicksand of the AFC North is going to sink 
at least one team and maybe more teams, you know, who would be deserving in another division. But yeah, you like the Texans, huh? Yeah, I, I bleep and love the Texans. I liked him coming into this season. That was my, my bold prediction. I said they're going to be pretty good. I, I actually had him just on the outside of making the playoffs, but now I'm sitting here going, maybe I should have been even bolder. Who would have thought that? Crazy. Um, by the way, if the season were to end today, November 14th, uh, three teams from the AFC North would be making the playoffs. That fourth team, the team that is not, the Cincinnati Bengals, as the Browns are six and three, the um, which is crazy. The, the Steelers. Steelers are six and three with a minus like what twenty eight point differential. I mean, they've yeah. been horrendous. I don't, I don't get it. It's Mike Tomlin voodoo magic because it makes zero sense. And then the Ravens, who I actually think you're giving not enough credit to, uh, they choked the that fourth quarter away, but they've been so good ever since the offense started humming. And by the way, the offense was humming for the majority of that game. I think the Ravens right now are still the biggest test to the Chiefs in the AFC and I get the whole playoff stuff. I understand that. I'm just saying what we've seen this year, not in the past, but this year, the Ravens to me are the biggest test for the Kansas city chiefs because their defense of the Ravens have been so good before they again, got just uh, trashed late in that game. But the AFC North is always so, so close, but the Texans, the reason why I was high on them is because I said, CJ Stroud is the best quarterback coming out of that draft. He's been the best quarterback to come out of that draft. His numbers are eye popping. Yeah. He's the most yards per game. For a quarterback, not rookies of any quarterback, yeah. most yards per game. He averages over one yard uh, per attempt more than Patrick Mahomes this season. 8.3 to 7.3. CJ Stroud's numbers are absurd. 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah. And he's not checking the ball down. He's heaving the ball. Yeah, Like it's not checked down. It's not Derek Carr. He's throwing the ball deep as again, evidence by the yards per attempt being larger than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, two two interceptions and one came against the Bengals late. I go, okay, great story, rookie mistake. You can't throw that ball in that situation. He did. It's fine. It's a learning move. He learned by driving down the field and setting the Texans up to hit the game winner. I mean, I can't get over again. I don't think that the Texans are this contender. But my point here is he's been very good. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. Quite frankly, I think he should be the MVP award voting. I mean, his receivers are Nico Collins, right? Third right. rounder, Tank Dell, rookie third rounder, the corpse of Robert Woods, Noah Brown, who I don't think anyone's heard of, and then Dalton Schultz. Right. You got a John Meachie in there somewhere, whatever. I mean, going. I, I got to give the dude so much credit. I mean, uh, just this is a chief show, but I'm giving so much credit to CJ Stroud because it is looking a little bit like what Mahomes did when he first took over as quarterback, right? You're like, you shouldn't be doing this this young. And that's what we're seeing with CJ Stroud. Do you want a smart lock, a 2K cam and doorbell all in one? Now you can with Eufy, the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. Easy to install. All you need is just a Phillips screwdriver. So easy that even I, yes, I figured out how to install it. It's a keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys, which, by the way, I didn't even have a key to my front door. Uh, yeah, I had to go through the garage, so I would be S-O-L if something were to happen, but not anymore with Eufy. It's keyless. You have no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge monthly fees. Your recording is locally and never have to pay for storage, and the customer service is top-notch. Now, let's be real. I didn't have to use it. 
I figured out how to use that Phillips screwdriver to install. Trust me, guys. I, I, I'm not lying to you. It is extremely easy. But if you have issues with your Eufy or installation, be rest assured Eufy's on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty. If you want to check it out, which I highly recommend you do, check out the Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Well, uh, folks, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Texans Addict with your host, Sterling Holmes and Matt Cottonell. No, I get it. Yeah, you're, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I, I, I like where they're at. I like where the AFC South is at. I mean, if you're looking at it, the, the, Colts, the Colts are a decent team, and they got their guy in Anthony Richardson. I feel like I saw enough to like where they could go with him. The Jags are, what, seven and three. They're right in the thick of it. Uh, with Trevor Lawrence and, and a nice group of young playmakers. I they're like frauds, the Texans. They're frauds. All right. Well, they're seven and three frauds. They're tied they're with the Ravens frauds. Three. They're not seven and three, are they? Yes. They lost. They got hammered 34 to three by the 49ers. Okay. Well, every they're team frauds, dude. Well, every team has a loss that you would say makes them frauds. I'm sorry. They're six and three. I'm sorry. They're six and three. They're Thank number you. three in the postseason. Dude, their offensive, their offensive ranks are horrendous. Can we have a conversation about why everyone thinks Trevor Lawrence, the prince who was promised, is just an average quarterback? I mean, look at his numbers. Nine touchdowns, six interceptions. He averages like 215 yards per game. With Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne, and oh yeah, a Super Bowl winning head coach. Dak Prescott is kicking his ass this year. Like, if, if Dak Prescott is that much better than you... Come on, we gotta have have a talk. Slow the hype train down. Are you, I get it. It's fun. He's are you building Pro Bowl rosters? Like you're just adding up yardage and touchdown no, totals? No, no. But the, this year, not for the future. If you're taking a one year sample size, one year, not future, because obviously the age differential. And I get it. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a better career, most likely, than Dak Prescott. Trevor Lawrence, right now, to me, is not as good as Dak. He's a good quarterback. Maybe top fifteen. Maybe top ten. I mean, look at Trevor Lawrence's year. He has been the most underperforming quarterback in the entire NFL, and somehow every single week he gets a pass. It's because Jags' defense has been electric. They're going back to the Blake Bortle days. It's absurd right now, but somehow Trevor Lawrence gets a pass because he was drafted 1-1. It was great in college, and because he had a great comeback second half against the Chargers, who always choke in the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence is fine. He's fine. All right. Well, there's – I I mean, I don't know what to say to that. I I like Lawrence. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I think he's young. 
and good. I'd be happy to have him as a franchise. I think 20 other teams or even more would be happy to trade for him. You sure, said 20 he's teams. 20 you, teams. You said he's worse than Dak. And I'm like, this year, sure, because Dak is also a top 10. I mean, you're like, oh, he's 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 worse than Patrick Mahomes. Like, sure, keep bringing up every good quarterback in the game. I'm just going to nod my head. He's in that group. You either have the guy or you don't. All I said was, I like the AFC South because the team is six and three. The Texans are looking good. I like where the Colts are at. There's only one team that's really not going anywhere, and that's the Tennessee Titans, who I think are probably the best overlooked coach in the NFL, which is Mike Vrabel. They're always competitive, no matter what they do, uh, because their GM is a sad sack who wants to reinvent every 35-year-old and see if there's anything in that grab bag known as Julio Jones or Derrick Henry or whatever else he's bringing in there. All I'm saying is I like the South. And then you attacked me. Like I said, I like the Confederacy South and Robert <laughs> E. Lee. And you want to burn my statues down. Anyway, look, we're, uh, you know, I thought, we, I thought we were on a good vibe because we were talking 80s hair bands and singing along together before the show. And then we start the show and you go in attack dog mode. Well, I'm not yelling at you. I'm, I'm yelling at Trevor. Who are you yelling at? I'm the only other one here. I'm the only the, other one. Here. Trevor's void. not here. It's Trevor's not void. here. I see him. I'm Sam Darnold. I see long hair. I am startled. I am confused. Uh, I will also say, if the season were to end right now, guess who's ahead of the Bills in the playoff rankings? Well, besides, you know, the Jaguars. Teams. I was, I was going to say the Colts. Okay. The Colts at five and five actually hold the tiebreaker right now over yeah. the Bills. Yeah. Yeah. I lo- I like him. I kind of I kind of you know, I'm kind of bullish on Chris Chris Ballard where others are are on him. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what, what's going on here? Angry, like, dr- angry drunken German says Connor's feeling himself today, dressing down Holmes. He wishes he was dressing me down. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's that's uh, to to like a to like a, a Bell Biv DeVoe song. Right. It needs to be some sort of like slow jam. New, yeah. Anyway, um, look, everything went well for the Chiefs. You got to like it. Um, but let's be honest. I mean, the, like the Chiefs didn't play. They get 15, they get a half month off. But they're coming right out of the bye. They're running like right into a brick wall known as the Philadelphia Eagles. The last time they played, they played a, I think it's a truly historic game. I like, I think when all is said and done, look, that first Super Bowl for Mahomes, fine and good. I loved, I loved the constant comebacks. That was great. But, Super the Super Bowl against the Eagles was entertaining front to back. It was full of superstars, like the the the, the back and forth scoring. Uh, it was just it was thrilling. It was a truly thrilling contest from beginning to end. And I'm looking at that Eagles team, thinking they may be far more talented than they were a year ago. Not just like a little bit, but you know, like I mean, Jalen Carter is going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. And he just slipped into that line alongside others. What are you making of the Eagles now as the Chiefs' next opponent? What's interesting is I think they're more talented. I think you're actually right in that in that estimation. 
but they've not played as good as they were were last year. Now, the offense is starting to get going, right? Jalen Hurts struggled early on. The turnovers for him were an issue, but now he's figured it out. He's found A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, obviously Dallas Goddard being injured with that gruesome little forearm injury. Uh, It's a loss for the Eagles, but their offensive line is still very, very good. Their defense has been the biggest surprise. Like last year, they were setting all these records. Defensively, they were were outstanding. This year, they haven't been. They've been a really big disappointment. A lot of the analytical numbers, they're they're, you know, mid-range, they're average, which is a little interesting because a lot of the same guys are on this team. Now they they lost a lot of their uh maybe more underrated players, right? Some of those um secondary members, some linebackers, just guys that kind of flew under the radar. Not the big name guys, but, but that, the glue that, guys, the, the glue, glue guys. guys, the next level down. And they've taken a step back. Their secondary has actually been quite frankly bad. This year, I don't want to say atrocious because that's that's a hyperbole right there. But they've been bad this year. I mean, I, I think if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, what I find interesting is this might be a bad matchup for Kansas City because they are the one team that can't take advantage of the Eagles' weakness. Like the Eagles' fatal flaw this year has been their secondary, and the Chiefs' fatal flaw has been their wide receivers. Like both teams in every other spot is loaded. They're great. They're electric. But then they're going to have a battle of deficiency versus deficiency. And for me, it comes out, who takes advantage of that? Do the Chiefs wide receivers finally get separation? Do they get open? Do they make catches? Do they burn the, the Eagles secondary? Or do the Eagles secondary, who does have talent but is underperformed, do they step up to the challenge? That, to me, is the battle of this game. Interesting. You know, uh, you know the Chiefs aren't really challenging teams over the top um, much at all, which has been really frustrating because you wonder who uh, what happened to MBS by the way i mean what like at, at the very least he was able to to sometimes um you know get get open uh wide like that down the field i i'm just i don't know you know you and i have picked apart the the second or the wide receivers f- for a while now um who knows else what to say about it except that's what we said but uh, yeah, I, I'm afraid of the Eagles here. I think it's the biggest test remaining other than the Bengals. Um, the rest of the Chiefs schedule to me looks soft as hell. And I know people are like, oh, they get less rest. than they, But yeah, I'm just not concerned about the Raiders. I'm not concerned about the Chargers. Like some of these teams that remain, I'm just not, you know, the Buffalo certainly doesn't look anything like, like what that should be. Um, I still think Buffalo's talented for what it's worth. I still think they're a dangerous team. I know, I know their record's not great, and quite frankly, they might miss the playoffs, but I will just say um, I still think it's a dangerous team because you never know when Josh Allen just chucks the ball like that. Good things can go their way. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I want to go over a few things with you here. The, the Chiefs are in the bye. 
which means the best thing about a buy is that players are able to rest and get better who have been ailing. And I just want to go over a few of the injury concerns with you. Um, and, you know, as a reminder to, to, to fans who are uh, listening, watching, whatever, um, about where the Chiefs are at with some of these as they come out. And maybe get some of your thoughts on them, too. Um, coming out of the bye week, one of the probably the biggest injury concern coming out of the bye week was at the linebacker core where, where Nick Bolton was already out a couple months. Uh, Willie Gay Jr. had been dealing with a lower back or tailbone injury. Um, he was officially questionable. Um, but now that he's had like a half month to sit or at least, you know, like not get hit by other players, whatever. Um, are you feeling pretty good about him coming back, being ready? To, I mean, he was already playing. Yeah. Um, worried about linebacker at all, or do you feel like that's like a good thing? I, no, I'm not worried about linebacker at all, man. They're 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 deep, they're talented. Willie Gay Jr. is having his best season as a Kansas City Chief. You know, the contract year is undefeated. Yeah. I went into this year saying, you know, if he doesn't show out, he's gone because the Chiefs with what they gave Drew Tranquil, give him another year. Maybe you keep Drew Tranquil coming. I mean, yeah, Willie Gay Jr. is younger, but at some point, you're not talking about potential anymore. And Willie Gay Jr. has shown it's not just potential anymore; he's there. Um, it's been very impressive to see. Uh, no, I, I am not concerned at all with the Chiefs linebackers. And then yeah. because you're probably going to put a spy on Jalen Hurts. I mean, you talked, if, I don't know if you listened to the um, Monday Night Football game last night on with uh, Manning Cast and Mahomes was on it, talking about how now the Broncos will put a spy on him. You know how it's a little different now. The, the, the Chiefs are probably going to put a spy on Jalen Hurts. Sure, sure. Uh, that'd be the best way to play them. Um, Joshua Clayton agrees with you. He says, no worries at linebacker. They are deep as hell. Um, yeah, and that you know, we're talking about them without Nick Bolton, by the way. Hey, Jarek McKinnon is a name. Look, that guy, Jarek hasn't played much at all. Now, that shouldn't be much of a surprise because coming into the year, I think we knew Jarek is primarily a weapon for down the stretch and in the postseason. That's when all these sort of scat backs come alive, like – Damian Williams had 10 touchdowns and in, in a single postseason, right? So um, a guy like Jarek is going to become dangerous in that moment when the Chiefs are looking for ultimate versatility um, in that way. Uh, but I didn't think he played this lit sparingly. And the overall, the backfield has been pretty uninspired. Um, I mean, I like Pacheco, but I don't like anything after Pacheco for that matter. Um and McKinnon has been healthy, but but not playing. Although he was then had a groin injury coming out of the bye. Do you think we're going to see more of him? Um, just what's your take on McKinnon in the backfield coming into the bye out of the bye week? Yeah, I think we will see more of Jerry McKinnon. You're starting to see the stretch run potentially, right? You know, uh, the tougher games are coming up on the schedule. You're getting into the second half of the season. You're going to try and get him warmed up and ready for the playoffs. Again, I'm not saying you're going to see him. Uh, 12 carries. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but, I, but I'm saying you're going to see him, I think, a little more involved on the field. Uh, I like Pacheco, and Pacheco's actually been a little better at pass protecting, at least in some of the eye tests I have seen. I, don't, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't looked up all the numbers as pass protection, but as far as the eye test goes, he's picked up a few that I'm going, oh, wow, that, that was not going to happen last year. That year, that's a sack, or last year's a sack. This year, maybe he's been there with McKinnon. McKinnon has kind of showed him the way. But again, I don't, I don't know if I want uh, Pacheco to be a three-down back, so I do think we will see more McKinnon as the season goes on, starting right now after the bye. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Here's the other one. Here's the most complex situation. Richie James. Uh, you know, look, I'm talking to the right person here. I'm talking to the president of the Richie James fan club, right? Richie James signs with the Chiefs. One-year deal looks like a nice like flyer taken by the team. He enjoyed a breakout campaign last year under Brian Dable uh, when some injuries happened with Dan Jones as his quarterback. The Chiefs sign him. He looks like he may be a return option. He only plays two games, then goes out and is on injured reserve. On November 1, the Chiefs add him back to the practice um, and bring him back to practice. Now, they do not at that point. um, This is like reviewing the rules here. For listeners, when the Chiefs added Richie James back on Wednesday, November 1, they did not have to add him back to the roster. He's allowed just to practice and be with the team for 21 days, which means that the 22nd coming up here in eight days is the official day that the Chiefs have to um, decide whether they're going to activate him to the roster or end his season prematurely and leave him on IR. Um, that's, that's even what they can do, even if he's like actually fully healthy and they just don't want him on the roster. Uh, so, um, coming into this, you were pretty fired up about Richie James half a season later. He's now healthy, um, and ready to practice. What do you think the chiefs are going to do there? What do you hope to see happen? Yeah. And what's interesting is the chiefs actually have a open roster spot right now. So they yes. could actually activate him right now and, wouldn't have to take someone off. You're good. I'm a little interested by this because I thought his separation ability and right now his ability to be great in that six to 10 yard area, the, the underneath routes would thrive because that's what teams are giving the Kansas City Chiefs right now. The issue is these current wide receivers can't get open in this uh, current route tree. That's what Richie James thrived at. Also that Richie James can play on the outside. The Chiefs have so many slot uh, slot guys Richie James actually brings something different to the table. I know at first glance you see, okay, smaller wide receiver, undersized, kind of a special teams wide receiver, if you will. But I see something different. I see a guy who gets separation, a guy who can play on the outside and who thrives in the underneath routes. Um, I'm a little uh, perplexed by this because, quite frankly, I thought we were going to see him before the injury, and we didn't. I was there at training camp, and, you know, all the – he looked like the best wide receiver out there on the on the field. Yet you, you saw um, all these other media members talking about, yeah, Richie James has been really impressive. He he looks the part, and then nothing. Um, you know, I don't know with the return of McCall Hardman if that's kind of the block, if you will. But I, it shouldn't be because again, I, I do think Richie James has a different skill set. If you look a little little deeper here, um, I hope he gets an opportunity. I think he he's good enough. To, to make a difference. Again, I'm not saying he's a wide receiver one, but I think he's good enough to make a difference. And um, yeah, I, I hope we see him activated before the 22nd. That would be interesting to me to see him in there. Uh, Justin Ross is now gone. So, um, you know, obviously the room isn't as crowded as it was, um, although they traded for Hardman and and then, um, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. Um Sterling, I, I did want to bring up one more thing here. Looking at the second half of the season, there are a few guys, and I want to see if you agree or disagree with me on some of these. Maybe you even have some of your own. There are some guys I think deserve more playing time in the second half of the season for one reason or another. And I want to start right where we're talking about. To me, look, 
Andy Reid said yesterday about Kadarius Tony that they're just trying to keep him healthy. He's playing a handful of snaps a game, whatever to, you know, um, like kind of bringing him along, almost treating him like the Hope Diamond or something. Like you're touring, like you're touring with museum artifacts, and you're just trying to keep this sculpture from falling over from city to city to city on this tour. I realize that you want Kadarius Tony to be fully ready at the Super Bowl, and then you can work backwards from there. But honestly, it's also crippling their chemistry. It's crippling the timing. It like he came into the season without any timing. He missed the whole preseason, and then he's dropping passes left and right. That was the entire difference in the Detroit game. By the way, the Chiefs would be eight and one if Tony had if Tony had any chemistry. Or timing whatsoever. Now I say all this to say, there to me, and I've said this before, the single most dynamic weapon on the Chiefs, the most explosive player, the one guy who makes other defensive co- uh, defensive coordinators go, when he's on the field, we got to factor for that guy is Kadarius Tony. I mean, I know that Travis Kelsey has all that, but I mean, Kadarius can take one to the house at any given time. And we've also seen him fight for those extra tough yards. Every time he gets it, it seems like he picks up three to five more because he plays tougher and bigger than what he is. I'm dying to see him rise up and take it. If he gets injured along the way, so be it. But I'm ready for them to like remove the kid gloves and go, hey, you're a professional athlete. We're playing professional athletic games. Like professional athletic games. What does that even mean? You know what I'm saying? Anyway, look. If you're on the roster and you're healthy, get out there. Get yeah. out there because you know who's out there now? A bunch of schlubs who aren't getting it done. Like, to me, take off the kid gloves already. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, 100% agree. And before I d- dive deeper into my thoughts here, do you know the saying kid gloves where it originated? I don't. Yeah, so kid gloves, they're not like gloves for kids. It's gloves made out of... Kids, like not babies, but like, you know, the animal, like a kid, like a baby lamb. Um, That's what they're made out of. You have to take care of them. So when you take care of kid gloves and, you know, you're using kid gloves on them, you got to take care of them because they're a little fragile. You got to make sure that they uh, they stay safe. Look it up. It's a real thing, guys. Um, We're we're trying to teach on this show, too. It's not just chiefs. We also give some some uh, some background here. It's baby goat. Thank you. Not lamb. Baby goat. Appreciate your phantom. Um, I see what I see what you did there. (laughs) Sorry. But back to Kadarius, Tony, man, I'm with you because. They're act again. They're acting like he is um, Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson coming off of these injuries. Like he's this uh, wide receiver one that's worth thirty plus million dollars. You got to baby him along. You got to take care and make sure he's not injured. And I'm sitting here just going, he's not though. He's never been a wide receiver one. Quite frankly, he's never been a wide receiver two. Like he's been a guy who's been. Potential again, as we go back to the word potential. But what has he done? We haven't seen it. We've we've seen no consistency. We've not seen him have the ability to have the um, the route tree down with Mahomes. We've seen him drop balls. 
I don't understand this. If he is that injured, why is he out there? And if he's not injured, why is he not playing more than six snaps? If you think that seventh snap, that's going to be the one that injures him, not the slant route that he makes a great move on, makes three dudes miss in small spaces while dragging another guy along for five yards. Like, I'm perplexed by this. Either use him or don't. Yeah. Yeah. This whole coaching staff goes full Lord of the Rings on this. They look at him and say, my precious, my precious, like he's some ring that's going to disappear if they, you know, that everyone's going to want to steal. It's so, it, I don't get it. I just don't get it. And the truth is, the truth is, as much as we talk about the offense sputtering, he's that missing. I'm like, I'm so determined. He is that missing link. He's that other playmaker that has yet to emerge. He's the other guy we're just, not using when you're bracketing Kelsey, when you're bracketing Kelsey and challenging other guys to do anything, Tony makes everyone pay, right? I mean, he's like, he's like, he's like juked himself before and hurt his own ankle. He's that good. I, I'm trying not to put profanity into my tirade here. So I keep it measured. I want to stay measured, but the, but yeah, I think, Tony's natural ability is all world. And I don't understand why they're not unleashing it. They never got precious about Tyreek. They never got precious about, um, well, they don't have anyone else like that. That this is what he, I name another playmaker in Andy Reed's tenure with the chiefs that matches what Kadarius Tony brings besides Tyreek Hill, Jeremy Macklin. Okay. Jamal Charles for sure. Yeah. John Baldwin, that one catch. <laughs> I mean, if you make a list, Kadarius Tony has to be in the top five, right? As far as like like most athletic, a little just little the most natural, natural ability. If he could yeah. take it to the house at any time, yeah, right, yeah. Tony's in that group. It's all you got right now. Get it out there, anyway. Um, yeah. So another player I, I'm interested in seeing more of in the second half. I don't know what you'll think of this. I want to see Wanye Morris. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these penalties. I'm just thinking, is the tackle play really going to be that much worse? If you give Wanye Morris a chance to learn on the fly. Uh, am, am I drunk? Am I drunk in thinking this? Well, it could be both. It could be both. Um, I mean, I'm, Typically both. I'm I'm drunk and I also think that. Okay. Uh, where would you put him? Left tackle or right tackle, though? And, and how would you have this break down? Because I, I think your best tackles are Juwan Taylor and Wanye Morris then, right? Yeah, because you're not – look, we're committed to Juwan Taylor. We paid $80 million. We're not moving from him, and we're not moving him from his best spot. So, look, look man, when I'm watching the Chiefs, I don't see anything – Overly special about Donovan Smith. I see a couple frustrating penalties. I see some, I see largely getting the job done in pass protection. And that's what I get. And I don't know what Wani Morris is capable of, but I believe he's capable of good things. And I think playing next to Joe Tooney would make him capable of better things. And I think Andy Heck is a good coach who would make him even better than that. And I think Patrick Mahomes makes everyone look good. So, at the very least, what I want is to head into the next offseason knowing, is Wanye Morris our swing tackle, or do we got to go get yet another guy? Because, look, 
we've already went to go get another guy in Orlando Brown. We went to go get another guy in Donovan Smith. We we reached for Niang, and then that didn't turn out. We went for Wanya Morris. It didn't turn out. We had to sign Juwan Taylor to $80 million. Well, I – I, I don't think you can say that Wanya Morris didn't turn out. I th- I'm, I'm saying if you evaluate him and he doesn't work, sure, and you got to go shopping again, we've just we've been churning through tackles over and over and over and over here, ever since Fisher and Schwartz both hit that injury wall and couldn't make it work anymore. It's not been a very consistent. We've either paid through the nose for mediocrity or we've taken some gambles and we're not sure even at present how they're going to work out. And I'm saying it's possible that you put in a filler like Donovan Smith, who's who maybe not may not be that much better than Wanye Morris. And I'm saying, why not put in Wanye Morris to at least get some feel for how his consistent performance would be so that you can then know what you're talking about or doing in the in the offseason. To head into the offseason with zero idea of how projectable he's going to be as a starter feels a little bit irresponsible to me when all you're doing is trading out Donovan Smith. It's not worth it for me. Well, you're not gonna mortgage this year for the for the potential future of Wanya Morris. Like like you're you're not gonna hinder this team. And I get what you're saying. I don't think it has to be all or all or nothing like that. And, and, and you know what I like to see Wanya Morris at time, like if there's if it's a blowout, yeah, hundred percent. I, I like Wanya Morris. I mean, I, I believe when we did the the NFL draft and our initial reaction, I said that was my favorite pick. That's my favorite pick. I, I I'm all in on Wanya Morris. I, I've told you that from from uh, both of his stops in college, from playing left tackle, playing right tackle. I love the pick, but I'm fine with where the Chiefs at this year. I, I am hundred percent okay with the Chiefs sticking with the known. The known is you can win with Donovan Smith. Is he good? Not really. He's fine. He's the Andrew Wiley, but on the left side with more penalties and maybe a little better in pass protection. That's what Donovan Smith is at this point in his career. He's always been a guy who gets a lot of penalties. I said that from the get-go. I said, this is who he is. He's a penalty guy. But is he going to be good enough for the $7 million for all the money you saved and you're able to use elsewhere? Yeah, I think I think he is. Again, by by saying the Chiefs have no idea who Wanya Morris is unless he plays, I I think it's a little bit drastic in my personal opinion. Um, You know, they see him every single day. They see him at every single practice. And while practice is not the actual game, obviously, I still think they have a pretty good understanding. When you're seven and two and the offensive line has been pretty darn good, right? It's not, it's not been great this year. Let's be real. It's not been the best, but it's been pretty, it's been pretty good still, right? It's not the the Detroit Lions, but it's been good. I don't know if you mess with good to try and get slightly better than good. I, I don't think you mess with it. I, I think I do. And I think here's my issue. That line's only going to get more. Look, that offensive line's only going to get more expensive, right? Joe Tooney's price is only going to go further up. Creed Humphrey's going to need an extension soon or Trey Smith or both. They're on the same exact timeline. Jawan Taylor's now $80 million. Donovan Smith signed a mid-range deal. But if you're going to have to replace him with a veteran next year or another high-end rookie, it, it's just only going to get more pricey. Wani Morris is cost-controlled, cheap third-round guy. If you can get that guy in a starting role, that becomes very, very important. But, so all I'm, all I'm saying is, so if I look at the schedule and I see the Raiders are visiting Arrowhead, I'm looking at 
I'm looking at Wanya and I'm like, hey, you get a start today. You get a start today to figure this thing out. We're going to see how it's also good for even developing depth at, at swing tackle to see what you have. You could make the same case for playing Winogo there. That's fine with me, whatever it is. Because uh, he's also cheap, cost control, whatever. I'm just not enamored with Smith. He's obviously a, a rental. And in a game where you're automatically where you're gonna win it anyway, I say oh, come on, come on. Game. They lost the Broncos and we said they're gonna win that game anyways. You, you can't do that in the NFL. Well, if he's if he's a dumpster fire, you can put Donovan Smith back in. I mean, it's not sure. Sure. Again, I don't disagree with you necessarily because I, I love Wanya Morris. And again, that was my favorite draft pick. I'm all in on him. And I think he is a tackle of the future, whether it's left or right. I, I'm still a little perplexed on the plan with Juwan Taylor. That that to me will, will go down as just a head scratcher. I understand he's been really good at right tackle since the penalties have stopped. I get all that stuff. That's just so much money. I understand the thought process of, well, they face the same guys left and right in today's NFL. Yeah, but the rest of the market is not caught up, caught up there yet. So now you are the... You're the one basically setting the market, reset the market for everyone else. Yeah, that, that was you never want to set the market. It you was never want to set the market. Confusing to me, but again, it's a sunk cost. What's done is done. I don't know if he's going to move over to the left or he's going to stay at right. I like Wanya Morris, but I also don't want to mess with something that's a good thing in search of something better when you don't know for sure. This is what the offseason's full for. He's a rookie. I, I'm not giving up on him. I mean, let's be real now. A lot of offensive linemen, whether they're even dra- drafted top 10, they struggled the first year. Was it Andrew Thomas for the Giants was atrocious his rookie year? Sure. And now he's one of the best in the NFL, right? Like, it's just a little different. And you can make the case that was that him playing through the struggles? Was that him learning? Well, you can also learn when you play for the Giants. They're not trying to go for a Super Bowl. You know, the Chiefs are trying right now. So it's a little different situation they're in right uh, compared to some of these other bad teams that can afford to let their uh, young offensive linemen grow. Um I like Wani Morris a lot. I just think I'm going to disagree with you all um, that he needs PT this year. What? Bar, bar and blowout. Bar, bar and blowout in a game. Sure. Is there anyone on the roster that you think deserves more playing time? Uh, I've said Richie James, but that first means he has to actually make the roster. Um, maybe Noah Gray. A little more 12 personnel, sure. potentially. Because, again, defense has been outstanding. I don't want to mess with anything defensively. I don't. I don't want to mess with anything defensively. Offense, again, I mentioned it. The offensive line's been okay. Wide receiver, we've talked about. You know, you want to see more Kadarius Toney. Um, I want to see a little bit more Richie James, Rasheed Rice. But Rasheed Rice's snap count started to go up, so I think we're starting to see our wish. That yeah. seems like a cop-out answer. So I'm going to go with Noah Gray, a little more 12 personnel. Um, the Chiefs have been effective in 12 and even 13 personnel at times this season. I like him much better than Blake Bell. Uh, and I do think Noah Gray is going to stick around a while, whether it's with Kansas City or another team, whether he's not a starter or not, that remains to be seen. He's a good backup. Like, he's a good guy. You can go out there. He's a good route runner, a little undersized, not the most athletic as far as, um, you know, a little undersized with a speed combo, but he gets open. Like, he, he's a good receiver, good hands. I would like to see a little more Noah Gray. Yeah, I, I, I'm i with you. I, I think the 12 personnel allows the Chiefs to do some things offensively creating some mismatches that we've had a real problem with. The Chiefs have had a real problem creating any mismatches this year, uh, or let's say many mismatches this year. Um, Yeah. Hey, folks, if you're in the comments, are there players that you would like to see earn more playing time in the second half? Um, Going to Josh Clayton here, he says, uh, Connor needs more time. I'm pretty sure he's not talking about me. I think he's talking about Connor, comma, 
Shamari. Uh, by the way, I deserve more playing time. Too. You do. I, yeah, you do. I, I do. I do. Um, yeah, you know, I kind of agree about Shamari Connor. By the way, because look, man, Legeria Sneed. I mean, can you even can you sign him? He's gonna make. If Charvarius Ward made whatever he made on the open market, what seven was it like a fourteen mil? I think it's three for forty-two, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, um, I, I feel like Snead has to top that, and you know, can the Chiefs afford to pay that to go without Snead is to lose a major chess piece? And Shamari Connor had those like had those sort of comps, versatility, toughness great tackler willing to play up in the box ability to also like, you know, be in coverage as well. Um, and yet he hasn't played enough to really know. Can he, you know, Sneed played Sneed played every snap from week one. He's a week one starter because the chiefs were ultra thin at corner when he first arrived. Now that he's leaving, it's like, well, we hope we got the guy, but if you don't and you lose him and Connor's not up to the task, you're missing a major chess piece. I would, for the same reason I said I would play Wanya Morris more. I think it'd be nice to slip in a few more snaps for Connor to see kind of how Spags could use him in the future. Yeah. Again, if it's a blowout, I'm all for it. I think you and I, again, differ a little philosophically there. I, you know, you're more future focused, I think, and not in a bad way. I think you're you're trying to say the same thing. And I'm not saying I don't want to see that, but I guess for me, I just don't like taking chances. I'm more or less saying, all right, I, I get that. These are future players. We hope and believe Shamari Connor can part, be part of the future, but you have to hope and believe that and, and hope that what you see in practice, what, what you see in, in, in training camp OTA the preseason will be enough for now. I'm not saying I don't want to see him at all, especially as a defensive back. You have a better opportunity of getting in into games, obviously, than an offensive lineman, but I'm just more worried on this season. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. The only difference between him and Legereus Sneed, Sneed kind of made the, the change from safety to corner. Uh, because he ran a four three seven, whilst Chamari Connor, I believe, ran a four six, some around there. That's the biggest difference. Where Chamari Connor is not going to have the same speed as a Legereus Snead, although the versatility chess piece aspect I think is very similar. Uh, I don't know what he's going to receive on the open market, Legereus Snead. I, I wonder because I think he's more talented as far as his versatility than Chavarius Ward. The issue is Chavarius Ward only plays on the outside. And that's more valuable in, in the NFL, like as far as what contracts go for. If you play in the slot, you're getting less. Versatility sometimes actually can hurt and when it comes to negotiations, right? And I think it might actually hurt Legereus Sneed, the fact he plays inside out, because folks are going to say, yeah, well, you played this many amount of snaps on the inside at slot. That means you're not a, a straight outside lockdown CB1. This is what we're going to offer you then. So maybe gonna that, add- I mean, maybe that plays in the Chiefs' favor. It does. I think it does. I've been saying that for a while now I've been, because – I, I don't know if it's an effort that the Chiefs are making to try and do that, but I think it's a smart one if they are. Yeah. I think at the very least, Connor fills in for Mike Edwards, who's been a great signing, but he was a one-year signing. Connor could easily slide into that third safety role and feature Reed in his final year with with Cook and and, and Connor going forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we have, uh, by the way, we've got a few more entries over here um, of – uh, of what people want to see. One uh, one commenter said they want to see old Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I, I would like to see old Mahomes as Flapjack City. Uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty funny, actually. I, 
uh, I think we'd all love to see some of that. Uh, Tom Hood says, I'd love to see more Pacheco and McKinnon. A uh, stronger run emphasis. I think you're not alone on that. I think a lot of I think a lot of uh, fans would like to see just a little bit more balance if it's going to allow the Chiefs to, you know, maybe move the chains a little bit better or more consistently there. Um, Greg Spence has more rice getting the ball where he can get yards after catch. I think we're trending in that direction. Sterling, you just uh, mentioned that earlier. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, Matt better dress up as Santa for the KC Christmas game. I sure I can do that. Yes. Kringle. Can you do that, please? Like, actually, like, will you, will you like dye your beard? Mm. Let me check. Let me check with the missus. It'd be luxurious. Well, then you could call her Mrs. Claus. I mean, come on now. You, you, you drop that line on her and you're telling me she's not all in. She'll be all in, Connor. Uh, everyone listening right now, just a quick reminder that Arrowhead Addict is running a deposit match promotion up to $100 for any new Sleeper Daily Fantasy user. Make sure to use our code FANSIDED2 when signing up to receive your deposit match. Please remember to always game respond. Please scan the QR code on screen to see if you qualify. Again, FANSIDED2. Sterling... Uh, you know, we're almost to the end of the show here. We're going to be breaking down the Eagles and Chiefs for the rest of the week, but you and I won't be together doing this the rest of the week like this. So I just want to get your early Eagles thoughts. We talked about it just a little bit earlier, but like, are you thinking this is an easy Chiefs win, a difficult Chiefs win, a Chiefs loss? What's your take this early in the week? I think it's a very difficult Chiefs win. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Again, you saw the Chiefs lock up Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddell. I think the Chiefs will, again, to an extent, lock up A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I'm not saying you hold them to, you know, 50 yards receiving a piece or 50 yards total, but I'm saying I think they're going to keep them well below their season averages. I think the Chiefs' defense is absolutely elite. I think it's electric. I think it's legitimately good. I've gone through so many numbers so many different times, so I don't want to do that whole spiel again, but – all the numbers actually point to the Chiefs defense getting better, okay? Because they don't force a lot of turnovers, and they're actually only average in the red zone. They're only average in the red zone. If they were good in the red zone, they would have the best defense in the NFL scoring-wise by far. They've been great, and I think they will actually slow down the Eagles' offense. The issue is the Chiefs don't really have the ability to take advantage of the Eagles' weakness. So that being said, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think the Chiefs come out on top. I think it's back and forth the entire way. I don't know what I think yet. Is that weird? Am I am I taking a way out here? Yeah, that fence sitting is pretty um it probably hurts you, quite frankly. But I I look so good. I'm like a cat. I'm like a cat on the fence just laying there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I yeah, I really don't. I really don't know. I I kind of think this could be a loss for the Chiefs. I I don't think that they have. Boo. I know. I know. Boo. I, every team right now, every team right now is playing with some obvious weakness. That includes the Chiefs, that includes the Eagles. The two best teams in the game look a little more mortal than normal. And then we're, and then you and I opened the show looking at contenders that we thought were going to be something, and they're looking far more mortal than anyone thought, right? I mean, one last thought on those the, the beginning opening segment to kind of just tie a bow on it yeah. in regards to the contenders that are following. The reason why I started this was not necessarily the Bengals, but more so with the Bills, okay? Because the Bills was 
the last year was supposed to be their, their year, right? The Bills year, everyone kept saying the Bills, Bills, Bills are going to the Super Bowl. You know, I kind of bought into being them like, all right, they might be the best team in the AFC. And then this year, it was like, all right, well, now Von Miller's healthy and Josh Allen's now. Brian Dable's been gone enough now. Maybe Josh Allen will refer it back to his, his, uh, he's healthy now too with it, with the elbow injury. The turnovers will, will, will drop down. But I'm sitting here thinking, all right, Josh Allen's contract's about to take a huge step forward. Stephon Diggs continuously has this somewhat of an unrest situation going on. Gabe Davis, isn't he about to be a free agent? You look at the defensive side of the ball, Tredavious White's been injured and frankly just not good ever since he came back from injury and he's getting older. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer have been both injured and getting older as well. Obviously, oh. Von, Von Miller's ancient and been a nothing burger. Uh, Matt Milano, I think, is really, really freaking good. But he's been injured this year as well. Yeah. I mean, you're sitting around looking here going – the Bills don't do anything this year, and quite frankly, I don't think they will. They have a decent, they have a just as high a chance of making the playoffs as missing it. Where do they go? Do they blow it up? And by the way, we've seen the Chiefs win with Mahomes on a rookie deal and with him not on a rookie deal. Yes. You look at the Bills and the Bengals. They have not won on a rookie or non-rookie deal. Now they're getting into the hard part of their contract situation. You look at the Bengals, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, uh, T. Higgins, contracts coming up. They already had to get rid of both of their safeties last year, right? Some pretty big-name safety, uh, safeties with Jesse Bates. And who went to the Panthers? Um, but whatever it was, they're, they're losing a lot of veteran talent. Yeah. Because they're having to try and keep this thing together. And they have still yet to win. And then again, you go back to Kansas City. And what do you see? The Chiefs have done it without Tyreek Hill. Josh Allen so far has not done it with Stephon Diggs. You look around at the Bengals. Joe Burrow's not done it with Jamar, with T, or with Tyler. But guess what? Doesn't matter. The Chiefs have done it without that. And that's what makes it so impressive, what we're living in, what we're watching, what we're witnessing right now. The Chiefs, as I mentioned again, the second youngest snap-based age on the defensive uh, side of the ball, the youngest in the NFL. It's crazy. They're still this good, that young. There's no reversion. But you look at these other two teams, they're getting older. Chiefs still uh, looking good now and for the future. Other two teams, uh, they are not. If you're looking for a long-term reason to love the Houston Texans, it's that one. Yes, it's the C.J. Stroud is going to be cheap as hell. I mean, at least relatively compared to his position for the next three, four years before, you know, they're not going to wait till year five to sign him. They'll sign him early to an extension to keep him happy and to get that done, whatever. But uh, yeah, they're already this good and they're going to be able to spend some money too. Um, Folks, we've gotten to the end of the show. So I'd love to bring in Richard. Hey guys, nice to see you. Yeah, looking baller in the autumn fall. Uh, how are y'all doing, man? Richard, you look good, man. Good to doing see you. Doing swell, thank you. You're looking good as well. Looking like an early, like a, a young Chris Kringle over there. Mm. Ho ho! How about that? Um, I don't know. What to, I don't know how to respond to that. All these like Santa. I'm calls. on the side of getting you to dress up like Santa. That's all I'm saying. Oh man, I need like a good break from the show then if this is going to be a regular thing <laughs> or just to do it and like get stuck in a chimney somewhere let's be honest uh folks if you're if you're with us welcome to the end of the uh of the show every time we uh we take our we make our way through the must list which is our rundown of things we recommend to you something we've seen heard smelled tasted taken in whatever it is uh richard uh, first of all, what's on your shirt? 
It's a, a Dorian Electra. It's a hyper pop artist. I'm sure none of neither of you have heard of heard of them. So that's what is that's hi, what fair. is hyper pop? You haven't even heard uh, of the it's, genre. It's, <laughs> it's like uh, 100 Gex. Maybe maybe that's a little more popular. Uh, it's it's just pop music taken to an almost uh, extreme, an ironic extreme. Uh, is it like when people yeah. listen to podcasts like at two speed? Is it like that? Actually, just... I, I was going to actually. That's you're probably right. It's higher BPM, and a lot of the artists uh, tweak their vocals to be like chipmunk sounding. It's very stupid, but I. My, you know how my brain is. It's it's it, it just it latched on to it. I don't. It latched, it latched on to that genre, and I I haven't been able to let go of it. So yeah, that's dude. That's if I could spend to. one week in Richard's dome, that would be the scariest, most outstandingly fun week of all time. It's all two D. It looks like a it looks like a cartoon. It's sick. It's like Cool World. Two D. She was on the Facts of Life, right? Two D. Two D. And Blanche, or I mean, and Blair. Blanche Devereaux. That's from uh, oh, Golden, Golden Girls. Girls. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. If you were a Golden Girl, who would you be? Okay, so I'm gonna go with my pick of the week. Uh, my must list is Shooting Star, the band Shooting Star, uh, Kansas City, Missouri, local. Yeah, guys, uh, don't shake your head at me. Okay, we're going with Shooting Star. We're we're off of our Blanche Devereaux, and that's who I'd be as Blanche Devereaux. Um, Shooting star is awesome. You're pretty saucy. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm way more interested in your golden girl, but please tell me more about shooting star. <laughs> Richard, we're off the rails. I'm sorry to anyone who's hanging out. I, I'm, I'm just going like to cut. I'm cutting this whole part of the podcast. Offended, by the way. <laughs> if you're hearing this right now, you can't because it's gone. I'm Dorothy, by the way. I'd be Dorothy <sighs> all day. Just like, uh, you know, like Richard, my pick of the week. Let's just move this along. Uh, I'm a, I'm a month late. It's not even spooky season, but I, I just finished the the fall of the House of Usher. It's that new Mike Flanagan miniseries on Netflix. It's the guy who did like Midnight Mass and Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor and all those. Is it good? Uh, it's it's good. Yeah, it's all loosely based on a bunch of Edgar Allan Poe short stories and poems. Uh, very fun. It, it, you know, it's less scary and it's just more entertaining and cathartic to watch a bunch of rich people die because that's what it is. It's succession, but if each episode ended oh. with another family member just meeting a brutal end for being an immoral person. Let's just say that first. I'm not rooting for the death of, deaths of people, but like they're bad, really bad people. So each time each episode ends, you're just like, good, goodbye. <laughs> so yeah, check out the fall of house of Usher. If you just want to watch a uh, rich assholes meet a brutal end. Do they sing their confessions before? Like this is my confession. I know, but uh, it'd make an interesting show. Pitch or like it, burn or Dude. Do you get what I'm saying here? The I'm I'm singing Ursher right now. Did you just say Ursher? Yeah, that's how he sings himself. He always goes, "It's Ursher, baby." Ursher. <laughs> I'm, I'm, lost. Not, I'm not a player. I just ush a lot. <laughs> All right. Uh, the must list. Yeah, I'm I'm recommending Golden Girls, which is a which is an '80s show about four uh, saucy ladies who live together. <laughs> Sterling pictures. If you like Sterling, he would be named Rose uh, or Betty White. I am Dorothy, who is the sarcastic uh, old woman with a coffer smoker's voice. I want to be Blanche. And then Richard is our Blanche. Hell yeah. Saucy Blanche. Blanche ropes him in, man. I don't get it. And then there's Estelle Getty, uh, the oldest one, who was actually younger than all of them, I think. But she played like 
the mom. Anyway, I love Golden Girls. Did you guys watch Golden Girls ever? It's, it's, a, it's a fun show. I put it on every once in a while. It's on Hulu. Oh my gosh, yeah. I've, it's I, chill. It's super chill. I, I never, mean, I never thought. About- I, I never thought it'd be a good show, and I just put it on. Just like Frasier, I put on Frasier once, and I was like, oh, this show isn't as stupid as I thought it would be. It's very smart and funny. Dude. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that one. Out on the street. That's where with me, folks. You've been listening to Rat Golden Girls, Sterling Richard and myself not sure why you're hanging out with us but we always honestly always appreciate the fact that you do this week we will talk way more chiefs and a lot less cultural nonsense folks it's a bye week it's a bye week and we're just trying here but on behalf of all chiefs kingdom we apologize and hopefully we'll be back with you talking about how much a chief's young defense smothered jalen hurts and then i'll sing some rem everybody hurts all right anyway uh Yeah, we'll see you next week. I'm sorry. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.